listening to the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Our guest today is Dan Gingis. Welcome, Dan. Well, hey, Bernie. I am so excited to be here. Looking forward to the discussion. Myself included, Dan. Looking forward to it. And, you know, uh, I, I've always been impressed with your background. You've got a background largely in marketing. You've worked with some big brands, McDonald's, Humana, Discover, as well as some B2B brands. And you've been able to witness firsthand the value of a great customer experience. In fact, you've kind of become known as the customer experience guy. So I think it's fair to say that you've become wiser to that customer experience imperative. Now, we're going to unpack why I just use air quotes, because Dan, you've just written a book called The Experience Maker, how to create remarkable experiences that your customers can't wait to share. And Dan, I can't wait to share some takeaways from your book. So let's get to it. But first, let's start with your backstory. How did you become known as the customer experience guy? Well, I'm going to tell you a story, Bernie, that I don't think I've told uh, you before. And you and I have known each other for a long time. But way back when I was in high school, I delivered pizzas for Domino's. And it was a job that I really Did loved I because, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, I looked at it as they basically pay me to sit in my car and listen to the Cubs game. And every once in a while, I'll get out and give someone a pizza. So it was a pretty good gig for me. Well, the most memorable delivery that I ever made was to a man that I think you know, because really everyone on the planet knows him. And that is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. believe it or not, orders pizza from Domino's. Wow. And I got to deliver to his house wow. and he answered the door. Really? Now, I immediately had to look up because he's very, very tall and I am not. But the thing that I noticed immediately was that he wasn't looking at me. He was looking over my head behind me, presumably to see whether there were any lurkers around or paparazzi right. or whatever. Right, right, right. And I had been told by the other drivers that essentially I could do one of two things. I could ask him for an autograph and he would give me one, but he wouldn't give me a tip or I could say nothing and I would get a very generous tip. And it was at that moment where I saw him looking over my head that I made my decision that I wasn't going to bother him for an autograph, that I felt like he deserved some privacy in ordering a pizza and that I just was going to take the tip. And you know what? It was a really good tip, so I was happy that I did that. But I feel yep. like that was one of my very first customer experience examples, and I'm not even sure I knew I was, you know, that I, I knew what I was doing when it was happening. Right? Yeah, but you were too young to even know at the time. Right. I'm not even sure the term customer experience was around at this yeah. point. But what I did was I listened to my customer. He didn't have to say anything, but I was paying attention to his body language. And I realized this is not the right time to ask this guy for an autograph. And so 
I think of that story as I went through my uh, career and have had so many interactions like that where I've just sort of had to pay attention to a customer. And once I understood their needs, I realized that I was more than capable of delivering it. And so whether it was at the Danbury Mint where I got my start, a collectibles company uh, of uh, plates, dolls, and figurines, or Discover Card or Humana or McDonald's, understanding the customer and wearing the customer's hat through every decision that you make is one of the things that I really learned and I think got me good at the craft. And, and even today, I, you know, as you pointed out, I think the fact that I come at this from a corporate background makes me a little bit different and hopefully gives me some credibility that I've been there. I've done this in the real world. I'm not just a pontificator giving you some high level ideas. This is stuff I know works. So and Dan, so that's why I, I, so I, I want to add this. I want to add either and or but either and your backgrounds in marketing or but your backgrounds in marketing, which is it? That's awesome. The answer is and. And I look at today as I look at myself as sitting at the intersection of customer experience and marketing. And let me explain two things that I think uh, will solidify that. The first is I believe that marketing's job today is actually to promise the customer experience. If you think about what we say in our marketing materials, it's really telling people what it's going to be like to do business with us. And it's telling people how we think they're going to feel. It's setting expectations for the experience. And that's a really critical role. Of course, we got to make sure our company can deliver on that experience. But we are marketers are the promisers of that experience. The other thing that's really critical is that marketing itself is part of the experience. It's like the experience before the experience. It's, the, it's oftentimes the very first experience we ever have with a brand is we see a funny TV commercial or we see a, a billboard or a Facebook ad. And now we are aware of that company when we weren't before. And what companies often miss is the customer experience has already begun at that point and we're not even a customer yet. Hmm. So I think marketing is extraordinarily relevant to customer experience. And I think that intersection is a really fascinating one. Okay. So I've, I've got your book open to chapter four, Dan. And the, the title of chapter four is Becoming Wise. Now, in your case, in the case of your book, that is, WISE is an acronym. So take us through the acronym WISE. Sure. So I want you to become wise to customer experience. And so I've developed a formula for creating the kinds of experiences that we can call remarkable. And I use that word remarkable in the subtitle of the book very intentionally. Remarkable means literally worthy of remark, worthy of discussion. And after all, as marketers, that's what we want. We want people talking about our brand. Word of mouth marketing is that holy grail, the hardest thing to obtain. And so when we look at WISE, WISE stands for witty, immersive, shareable, and extraordinary. And these are the four things that I have seen that really lend themselves to making experiences remarkable. Now, they're stackable. An experience can have more than one of these things going on, but it really only needs one to stand out. And okay. the reason for that is that so many experiences that we have today are just average. They're just so-so, or as the millennials say, Man. meh. Yeah. And yeah. no one talks about right. that kind of experience. So. Yeah. Okay, so take us through it. Give us an example of each of each of the ones. So starting with W. 
Sure. So W stands for witty. This is not about being hysterical or telling jokes. It's about being clever, using language to your advantage, and refusing to be boring. And one of the things that I recommend in the book is to take a look at every single communication channel that you have and use it as an opportunity to create an experience. So a couple of examples. There's a wonderful sign on the side of a building in downtown Manhattan that says, we are probably the lowest priced in the city. Now, I love this sign. I don't even know what business they're in yet, but I already love them, right? They have a sense of humor. We know that they're honest. And it seems like a company we might want to do business with. Happens to be a shoe store, but it could be anything. Another example is I got a little magazine in the mail from the state of Nebraska. Now, I don't know about you, Bernie, but I have never in my life even thought of going to Nebraska. It just was not ever in my consciousness. I haven't been there. But I noticed on the cover of this magazine a family that was rowing down what looked like a river in what could only be described as a metal bathtub. And so that caught my attention because that was quite an interesting image. What else caught my attention was at the top it said that it was the not-what-you-expected Minnesota State Visitor's Guide. Uh, Excuse me, Nebraska State Visitor's Guide. It would have been really weird if it said Minnesota. Yeah, right. Then at the bottom, there was an outline of the state of Nebraska, along with a tagline that said, honestly, it's not for everyone. Now, as soon as I read that tagline, I wanted to go to Nebraska, right? They they had me. And that's being witty, right? It isn't hysterical, but it was being being a little different, being, you know, sort of edgy. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So then we get into immersive, and immersive is really about getting customers to feel the experience in their bones, to have an emotional reaction to the experience. And it's also about creating consistency throughout the experience. So that it always feels like we're working with the same company, that we haven't switched brands in the middle of the company, as it, or in the middle of the experience, as it often happens. So there's a great example of immersive uh, from a bar in Louisville, Kentucky, called Against the Grain. Now, Louisville, you may know, is the bourbon capital of the world. And so I'm at this bar, and of course, any self-respecting customer experience person would have to order a drink that is called the old-fashioned experience. I mean, The word experience is right there in it. I got to figure out what this is about. Turns out the old-fashioned experience arrives as a shot of whiskey on the side and a glass with a frozen ice sphere. But instead of it just being an ice cube, it actually has the ingredients of the old-fashioned frozen into it. So there's a cherry, there's uh, a lemon peel or an orange peel, there's bitters, and I'm pretty sure there is a Uh, triple sec like a Cointreau in it. You pour the bourbon over this ice ball. And as the ice ball starts to melt, the old fashioned is created in front of you. And it is really an immersive experience because you are smelling it and you're watching it and you're tasting it. If you taste it early, it's still pretty strong. And if you taste it later, the flavors have melded. And it was such a cool way to enjoy a drink in a different way than you would at any other bar. That's a great example. I was wondering what which example you were going to share with Immersive. So thank you for sharing that. That's great. 
So S is in shareable, and shareable sometimes seems like the obvious one because it's the goal. We want people to share. But the problem is people don't share just because we ask them to. In fact, the more we ask, the less likely they probably are to share. Right. As a friend of mine likes to say, if you have to tell someone it's a selfie spot, it probably isn't a selfie spot, right? Because <laughs> the whole idea of a selfie is it's spontaneous. So right. don't force people into it. But instead, you create these experiences where there is some intentionality behind a moment where you know people will share. So quickly, I have, for whatever reason, another alcohol example. Uh, Sip Smith Gin decided that in when it did its tastings, that you know, if you ever had a liquor tasting in a grocery store or something like that, they usually hand you a little plastic cup and you're just supposed to chug it. Now, Bernie, you and I haven't been in college for a while, and so that's probably not how we drink, right? And so it's not a great way to do a tasting. Sipsmith instead sets up this whole pop-up tent with a bartender. They ask you about, they tell you about five different tonics that you can put in your drink. They send you to a garnish bar with all of these toppings that you can put into your drink. There's like a billion combinations of gin and tonic that you can make. But the shareable part comes at the very end where once you have concocted your very own creation, they give you a little card to name it and a little clothespin to clip it onto your drink. Now, they don't have to say anything after that. Every single person puts their drink down, gets out their camera, takes a yep. picture of it, and shares it on their favorite social yep. media yep. platform because yep. they've made it shareable. If they didn't have that last piece of the naming it, the personalizing it, it's yeah. not so shareable. So it's being intentional. And finally, E is extraordinary. And I want to remind your viewers that extraordinary just means a little bit better than ordinary. It doesn't mean you have to be crazy expensive or right. outlandish. It's just better than ordinary. It's better right. than meh. And so my favorite remarkable. example, sorry? It's remarkable. It is, exactly. <laughs> my favorite example is so simple, and I can't believe every hotel in the world doesn't do this. I was in a hotel uh, before the pandemic, and as is usually the case, got up in the middle of the night. It's darker than it is at home. I can't remember what hotel I'm in. I have to go to the bathroom. So I put my feet on the floor. And the second they hit the floor, a motion-activated light turns on, illuminating the path to the bathroom. And I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. I don't have to worry about banging into the side of the bed or tripping or whatever it is. So I go and I come back. And being the self-respecting customer experience guy that I am, I get down on hands and knees in the middle of the night to take a picture of this light. I got to figure out what this thing is. And it turns out it's this little stick-on light that is probably 50 cents at your local hardware store. It's not a big deal at all, but it is a game changer in terms of the experience. And that's how we change ordinary into extraordinary. Wow. Great example. Love that. Love that. So basically, you've just made us wiser about your methodology, the, the wise methodology. And as I was listening to each example, Dan, the... The one thing that kept coming back to me was, as you know, the name of our podcast is Digitally Irresistible. And, you know, we feel so strongly that, sure, digital solutions are part of the customer experience, but every example you shared, really, di what, digital wasn't a part of it, other than the fact that you can whip out your camera, you can take a selfie, that kind of thing, and share it. But they were all irresistible. They created that irresistible experience, right, which was, in fact, remarkable. So well, that, that's Bernie, what was running through my head. Bernie, there are plenty of examples in the book that are digital as well. It's a great place. The thing I love about digital is it's so easy and inexpensive to experiment. 
So you can play around. It doesn't cost you a lot of money. There's a wonderful example of a, of a speaking coach that I use named Marquesa Petway, and she is just this bigger-than-life personality. And when you log into her site, the button at the bottom says, Log in, darling, which is totally her personality. Right, and all she right. did was add one word to the yeah. button, but it yeah. changes everything. So there is so much opportunity in digital. Uh, you know, Don't do things just because everybody else does them the same way. That's the perfect way to be boring and to be meh, right? Look at how everyone else does it and try to zig where they zag. Um, I just want to add one more thing, Bernie. Uh, I taught you how to be wise. Now, in order to be wiser than the competition, you have to add that R to the acronym, and that stands for responsive. Because once you use wise, you're going to have a lot of people sharing their experiences on social media, with their friends and family, on reviews and rating sites. And you got to be part of that conversation. You got to be there when they're saying nice things about you because they want you to say nice things back. And that's the generation that we live in now is we have an expectation of having a relationship with brands. And so when I use up my social capital to go on to Twitter and share a great story about, you know, my favorite airline, I kind of want them to write back and be like, hey, we love you too. Thanks for flying with us, right? It makes me feel good. So I have a lot of examples there about being responsive and how being responsive can often take a brand detractor and literally convert them into an advocate just by responding to them. Yeah, yeah, great. Thank you for calling out the R so that we're now wiser. So Dan, congratulations on your book, The Experience Maker, How to Create Exceptional customer experiences that your customers will want to remark on and share and tell the whole world about it using your wiser methodology. Dan, where can people learn more about you and of course, get your book? Well, you can find me at dangingis.com on Twitter and Instagram at dgingis and on LinkedIn and Facebook at dangingis. Basically, if you Google my name, you'll find me. Uh, and the experiencemakerbook.com is if you want to learn more about the book. It's available for sale everywhere fine bookstores, uh, everywhere at your finest bookstore in, uh, in online or in person. Fantastic. Dan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast to share your new book. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Barney. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.